Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, November the 21st. As we like to do once a week, we'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, welcome to another uh, another November, another uh, another pre-Thanksgiving November. How is everything with you, Bill? Well, personally, pretty good. I'm looking outside. Of course, it got, gets dark a little earlier now. And uh, all I can think of as it gets dark in New York is that in New York, an awful lot of people are now afraid of the dark. Because yes. uh, this is not a particularly happy Thanksgiving. Uh, the, the, there are concerns now about uh, uh, a possible terror incident, uh, extra uh, police on Thursday uh, for the Thanksgiving Day parade, uh, high crime possibly going higher because they have to cut the budget of the police department. I wonder why they have to cut the budget of the police department. There are other departments that can be cut, but uh, they, um, the mayor is warning about that. Um, and, of course, a, a country that is really very depressed in many areas. It, it is depressed financially, uh, psychologically, a feeling that maybe we really can't make it uh, any, any longer as a great nation. Uh, people going to the stores, especially around a holiday time, and finding prices that they can't afford, whereas at one time they afforded them rather easily. Uh, not a, not the happiest of Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll get a little bit of happiness if some of our hostages are released in the Middle East. But the, the overall situation, not good. Americans are looking at a presidential election between a president who is almost not there. I mean, just, just the, the, the cognitive situation and an opponent who may be headed for jail. Uh, this is this is not something we've had before in American. In American no, I mean we're, we are literally walking in, in on new territory, as they like to say, because I mean we have not seen a man or a former president run for election since President Cleveland, and uh, now of course uh, President Trump. But it is it is a crazy time. Uh, to say the least, but I will. I, I do want to ask you a question about New York. I know that the budgets there are are apparently going to be cut. The the mayor said that, and people are blaming it on the migrants. And I'm sure that the migrants have had some kind of an impact on this. But Bill, I think it's more than just the migrants. I I just think there's been an economic decline of the city, and they just cannot raise the taxes to maintain the city the way it was, Bill? Well, New York and California are the two largest out-migration states in the country right now. People are leaving in droves. I think the best business to be in in New York is moving vans. Uh, and, they, they're, and they're not coming back. They're, they're not moving temporarily. They just feel the city has had it, that there is no route back. They, they don't see that route back. They don't see the kind of leadership that the city and state need. Remember, it's, uh, New York City does not have complete home rule. There are many things that have to be approved by the state. Uh, the state government is run by uh, the legislature, which is very far left. Uh, the city government in New York, with the exception of the mayor, who I think is a pretty decent guy, but the city council is also very far to the left. They are not budging one bit from their woke philosophies. And Companies, you don't see anybody announcing that they're coming to New York. I mean, right. I've never not seen a big company say, we're coming to New York because mm -hmm. we know what New York is really great. Well, you know, I went this went through this a few days ago with a, 
a retired banker who specialized in New York real estate, he said it is great. He said it's in a state of decline and there is nothing uh, happening to help it. That's right. No, I, I think it's a terrible situation for the Empire State and for the great city of New York. And I'll say what I said before. Uh, New York, uh, the great city of New York, when the great city of New York is not doing well, that's bad for the country. Because yes. New York is in, in many ways the... Um, I mean, literally millions of people came into the country through New York, and the the presence of New York is everywhere. Uh, the people from New York who have gone all around the country, it's a huge number. And so I, I feel bad when the city of New York is not doing well. In other words, I think for me, it's just sad to see a great city in decline. I, I just think it's a terrible it's thing for, for the country. Bill, before we get into President Biden and his birthday cake, which was... Uh, I don't know who took that picture, but they need to reconsider uh, the picture that we saw of his birthday cake. But I want to I want to just bring up something very interesting. Uh, tomorrow, the 22nd, uh, will be the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President Kennedy. I'm sure you remember you've in previous times you you've told us how, how I think you were coming out of the army when you learned yes. about uh, the assassination. It, it was obviously a very traumatic event. Uh, I was a little kid in Cuba, but I remember it all. And and I think all of us have a memory. Uh, uh, well, not all of us, but many of us have a memory uh, of that day. But it's now 60 years. And here in Dallas, this uh, in the next couple of days, lots and lots of people are coming in to present their books and their theories about what happened uh, on that day. And I, for one, Bill, I, I gave up on this 30 years ago. I just said, you know. I don't see any evidence that the Warren Commission was wrong. Uh, one can always tinker with details, but I think their basic conclusion is correct, that Lee Harvey Oswald shot President Kennedy. So I, I pretty much have shut off any conversation about uh, the assassination. But it seems like, once again, these people are here in town peddling their books and having their conventions and all of that. I, that's okay with me. I, I'm, I'm not, again, censoring them. But... What, what is your thought about why is there so much interest in in something that happened 60 years ago that no one really has any new information about, Bill? Well, it is one of those iconic events, you know, the event that wasn't supposed to happen. We had not had a successful presidential assassination since McKinley, when President Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. He was the young president. Uh, he was uh, symbolic of a new era a new generation and uh, and it was a stunning event uh and people some people said i can't believe that a guy with a 12 dollar rifle or whatever it was uh on the sixth floor of a building could kill the president of the united states and also remember there's a lot of money in these books if you have a a theory about the assassination that it makes interesting reading it doesn't matter whether it's true or not you can probably sell the book uh, the, the first one was uh, Mark Lane's book, Rush to Judgment. Uh, I remember when it came out and they said written by a New York lawyer. Many of the people who said written by a New York lawyer didn't realize that Mark Lane was a very left wing lawyer and had represented the Communist Party. Uh, and uh, he, he raised some questions. But I happen to agree with you. I don't think that the basic elements uh, brought out by the Warren Commission have been successfully challenged. I think they did a good job of investigating uh, we know, of course, about the things that common sense tells us, that uh, Oswald ran from 
his perch uh, at the uh, uh, Texas School Book Depository building. He was uh, uh, ca uh, captured in a theater after killing a policeman. Why would he do all those things? Why would he kill a policeman? And, of course, the ballistics tests matched. Um, he had thumbprints on the rifle that he left on the rifle at the Texas School Book Depository. The rifle was in his name. Uh, there was a sales receipt for it. Uh, the, all the real evidence points to Oswald. Was, was Oswald involved in a conspiracy? Well, that's like saying, you know, will there, will there be a sky tomorrow? There are any number of things that he could have been involved in that have never been proved. Was he was he friendly with people who probably wanted Kennedy dead? Yes, he probably was. But so are thousands of other Americans. And no, no, the 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 absence of proof of a conspiracy doesn't mean there wasn't a conspiracy. It means no one's ever been able to prove it. And uh, no one really has. And then, there, of course, there was the entire issue of uh, the killing of Oswald mm -hmm. um, uh, and whether or not that individual who killed him was involved in some way with the assassination or with a bad crowd. We don't know. Oh, we, we know and, and it's one of those things where after, you know, after 60 years, um, and this has always been my criticism of all these conspiracies, uh, that you would think that after 60 years, somebody would have said something. Yes, or, that's right. Or somebody would have written a note before he died. You know, sometimes people can keep a, a secret, but they feel guilty about it. And they write a note to somebody and say, you know, I, I knew this or I knew that. It seems like nobody ever broke ranks with this so-called conspiracy. Uh, everything is, you know, well, the bullet that went in this direction, the bullet that went in that direction. And... The only thing I know, Bill O'Reilly wrote a very interesting book about killing Kennedy. And he makes the point in his book that Lee Harvey Oswald knew how to use a rifle, that this was not an amateur uh, rifleman, I guess. Or No, he shooter. was a Marine. He had been a that's Marine. That's right. Trained and in the Marines. That's right. And Lee, uh, Bill O'Reilly basically said he could do this. He could fire those three shots and and deliver deliver the bullets or whatever the word is. He could fire them. So this was not, you know, sometimes we we were painted this picture of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald being this idiot in the middle of, of a conspiracy. And the other thing, too, that irritates me, all these conspiracies, I was listening to a couple on the radio a few days ago. One fellow was saying, well, you know, LBJ wanted to be president. He was bored on the job. Well, I'm sure that a lot of vice presidents can say the same thing. I mean, a lot of, of vice presidents have gotten bored on the job. <laughs> and and then, you know, the other one about, well, you know, the war machine wanted to take out Kennedy. Well, that's that's the con the one that really gets me. The CIA killed Kennedy. The CIA is a name on a door. I mean, if somebody can point to a person, you know, show give me a person and, and, and I'll be interested in what you have to say. But simply to just get up and say the CIA killed Kennedy. Um, I worked for the CIA. I didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know anybody who did. I, I love these institutional names they come up with. Well, the, the industrial military complex killed him. Pretty obvious, isn't it, Walter? Uh, and uh, no, it's not obvious. Uh, any, any conspiracy theory worth its salt has a name attached and or, or a series of names attached. But just to say an organization, that means nothing. That's right. And then the other one I love is that uh, 
they don't seem to understand that President Kennedy was a very staunch anti-communist. Yes. And and that Lee Harvey Oswald was very much of a pro-communist. That's right. And they're trying to rewrite it as if somehow this was, you know, the people who started the Vietnam War were somehow behind all of this because they ha they wanted to get rid of... I mean, I actually heard this uh, on, on a recent radio interview. I, I was in the car and I was listening to one of these authors say that it was... You know, they wanted to start the, the Vietnam War, so they had to get rid of President Kennedy. And I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, weren't there 20,000 troops in, in Vietnam when President Kennedy was killed? So I don't know. It just seems like they're pushing their luck. I guess it's a free country. They can say whatever they want. But I am amazed that 60 years after, we're still, I guess we're still selling books about it, Bill. Yes, well, you know, one of the most popular subjects uh, in publishing is still the Civil War. And that was uh, a lot more than 60 years ago. That's and right. so uh, there are certain subjects that don't go away. Uh, one is the Kennedy assassination. The second is the Civil War. And the third is World War II. When right. I was growing up, when I was growing up, the national pastime was baseball. And the national hobby was World War II. Right. I mean, any, anything about World War II was, was, was important because the whole country was involved. And everybody remembered it, and it was the central event of their time. Well, the big conspiracy, if I remember back then, or I recall hearing or reading about, was the you know the attack on Pearl Harbor that somehow FDR knew about it, and all that stuff that that all these conspiracies. But yes, uh, you know, again, I'll just uh, briefly say it again. I, I haven't seen anything in thirty years or however long uh, that changes the the conclusion of the Warren report, but some people, I guess, uh, want to keep going on. And if, as long as, as we have a free market and, and, a, and freedom of speech, I guess they'll go on forever, Bill. I mean, a hundred years from now, they'll still be talking about who killed Kennedy, you know, I, but I will say right. one more thing very quickly, Bill, one more thing. It probably enhances the conversation. Now that you have a, a nephew of the president running around saying, stuff about the CIA. That doesn't, uh, I mean, to me, that's very irresponsible. Very, very, part. very irresponsible. And it, I mean, like you say, if he's got a name, why doesn't he come out and say it? I mean, don't just go out and talk about the CIA. Well, he is a, a particular individual. I think he's probably somewhat nuts. And uh, he, uh, he has had con conspiracy theories. He was, uh, his father was killed by Sirhan Sirhan. And yet I think he's raised doubts about whether Sirhan Sirhan did it. Right, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that they do a great disservice when they do that kind of thing. I, I agree, especially Bobby Kennedy, to, for him yes. to do it. I mean, for, for the son of, or the nephew of the president to, to do it, I think is, it's worse. Well, let's talk a little bit about President Biden. He celebrated number 81. Normally, that's a happy moment for people. Uh, but in this case, of course, it's a controversial moment uh, for President Biden. They have this picture of the president, uh, I guess, and with a cake. And the cake looks like the White House is about to go on fire. Have you seen that picture, Bill? Well, I... I've... I haven't seen that one in particular, and I know I've heard of it. I've heard it mentioned a few times. I'm trying. I'll I'll find it somewhere yeah. and get it. But the 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 point that people are making in the programs and that and then the readings that I've done today is that it's not his age that is the issue. It's it's the condition he's in. I mean, there are plenty of 81 year olds who are sharp as attack, 
and there are have been 81 year old and and older statesmen like uh, Conrad Adenauer uh, who were as sharp as attack. It is the fact that he is not as sharp as attack, and it is perfectly evident that he is cognitively challenged. And at a time of national security dangers, that is not the kind of person you want in the White House. That's right. And you know when I, when I think of uh, Winston Churchill. Churchill yes. was 95 when he passed away, but I, I've seen him do, I mean, not see him, but I've seen videos of interviews that he did in the late 50s, early 60s, where he was sharp. Oh, yes. You know, he could talk about any topic forever. Um, I think he even wrote books in the late 50s. He did. So, so it's it, it, like you say, I agree with you. It's not the number. There are 40-year-olds who are, you know, not worth anything. And, and so it's not the number. It's the condition that he's in, how he presents himself, and and the, the White House doesn't seem to to understand that they they you know they keep putting him out there, and he keeps uh, just looks confused. He goes in that direction and this direction, and a couple of days ago, I think he was trying to crack a joke, and you know he confused the movie star that he was joking about. I mean, it's just crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. And it's and, and one of the things that this does is it gives foreign enemies greater confidence. If they feel America is weak or poorly led, they are more likely to take action. And that can be very, very dangerous. Well, I, I think you're seeing it all around the world. There's a sense of this is the moment. And and you're, you're seeing more and more countries, uh, you know, act, you know, or feel like they can do things. Uh, and and even take shots at the United States that they wouldn't take if President Trump was there, or frankly, probably anybody else. Now, the Wall Street Journal has an interesting editorial, basically saying that President Trump, President Biden, would be selfish if he ran for re-election. Yes, I saw that. Meaning that somehow he's putting his own interests uh, above the country. I've never seen that about any president before. But I think the Wall Street Journal is 100% correct on that bill. I think so, too. I think there's a lot of ego involved in this, and I suspect his wife is also involved in this, pushing him, because she likes to be first lady, you know? And and uh, and also, there's something else that may be pushing him, and that is I don't think he wants his legacy to be Kamala Harris. Well, that's... that. <laughs> I don't blame him for that, you know? Uh, that's... Uh, that's uh, that, that is not a good legacy. But also, I, I think I sent you this article written by a fellow named Shapiro. Not not the famous Ben Shapiro, but another one who writes for the New Republic. I forgot his first name. And he basically says the problem is the Democrats really don't have anybody. That's right. There's no They have no bench. I right. mean, they, they, because there's a feeling that even if something should happen to the president or that he should withdraw, that... It would be impossible in the minds of some people to replace Kamala Harris because she is a black woman. Now, that's a pretty sad state of affairs, but I'm hearing other things. I saw some comments, even by uh, Congressman Durning, uh, uh, who actually was heavily responsible for uh, Biden being nominated. He's an African-American, of course. And, um, and he said, no, she will have to fight for herself. And there are now some voices in the black community we're saying it's not automatic. She, she should, should not automatically assume that she would get the endorsement of the party to succeed uh, Biden. 
if when it's coming from people of rank in the African-American community, maybe those who believe that she can't be dumped are wrong. Right. Well, I've always wondered how popular she is anyway yes. in the African-American community. First of all, she's not really African, as I understand. No, she, she really isn't. She's more Indian, I think, or Jamaican or something. Now, there's African, I guess, in her background. I think one yes. of her parents. But, but the point is that, you know, she is not african-american let's say like the the mayor of la uh whatever i think bass is her last name or like others others in in Pol or like the lady in the supreme court you know that's not who she, who she is i mean she seems to be more of a she's a little bit like obama in the sense that obama was you know part black not necessarily i think somebody someone used to say about obama that he didn't really have the experience that he really didn't go through the hood that's right. Uh, the, like so, uh, you know, you always get the impression that maybe she's not as popular. Uh, whether she is or not, I don't know, Bill. But I will tell you that she's not a gifted politician. That much I can tell you. Not on a national level, no. No, she's not very sharp. I don't. I, she doesn't seem to have those political skills that you need. I think to run a country, Bill. I think you're right, and you know her husband might. You know, this is something that nobody wants to talk about. If she became president. Who would be the real president? Would it be her? Would it be Barack Obama? Or would it be her husband, who's a Hollywood lawyer? He's a, sharp, a very sharp guy. Yes, he is. Well, maybe they can switch him. Well, yeah. uh, switch him. <laughs> put him in. And, and But yeah, I, I think that that's their problem. Their problem is, you know, they, they have primaries in a couple of months. And uh, they, they don't really have anybody who could step in. And Newsom would be the what everybody is talking about, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's that likable either, Bill. Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, Newsom, I, Newsom strikes me as rather pushy and manipulative. And he is also a terrible governor. I mean, look at the condition California is in as compared to the condition that Florida is in. I keep saying, Bill, uh, that maybe what we need in this country is actually a race between Newsom and and DeSantis, so that the American people can choose which direction makes more sense, the Florida way or the California way. I think it'd be a wonderful election, Bill, if we had that kind of choice. Isn't there a, a debate between those two coming up on Fox? Right, well, I think so. Didn't they agree to it? But I, that would be an interesting debate. The problem is that DeSantis has really not taken hold with the public. I don't know why. He's an excellent governor. But he just does not seem to appeal to people on a national level this year. I, I, I don't know the reason why. Well, I, I think it's probably the fact that Trump has such a such a stronghold on on the Republican voters that many Republican voters who would otherwise be in love with DeSantis uh, simply are saying, I mean, what I hear more and more from Trump supporters is it's not your turn. Wait your turn. This yes. is not mm -hmm. your year. Uh uh, look, look at the governor of Texas. He just came out and endorsed uh, President Biden. Yes. And he's in good terms with DeSantis, but again, you know. Oh, wait, he, no, wait, wait. He didn't endorse President Biden. It was, no, I uh, meant uh, uh, President Trump. Trump. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke. Yeah, President, President Trump. But he's in very good terms with DeSantis. They have a great relationship. They talk very well about each other. But he came out in favor of President Trump, basically saying, we need him back. And that seems to be the argument that you're hearing from a lot more people is, you know, we need him back. And that 
at least according to the polling data, Americans are agreeing with that right now, Bill. Well, yes. Uh, look, the polling data is tentative, as we know. I mean, we're still a year away from the election. So much can happen. Who would have thought six months ago that we'd have a major war in the Middle East? Uh, and we don't know where that's going, that we have a lot of international problems. We don't know what the world will be like uh, in a year. Uh, we don't know what the, the United States uh, economy will be like in a year. Uh, everything right now is speculative. Right. I think I think we can see that in each party, if the incumbent wanted the nomination, and if the nominating conventions were held today, uh, Biden would be the nominee of the Democratic Party, and Trump would be the nominee of the Republican right. Party. But the con conventions are not being held today. That's right. Now, uh, you mentioned about the things that could change. I just saw a report that home sales are down to like a 10-year low. Uh, that home sales plus the interest rates are just driving down. <laughs> I mean, right. the, the the purchases of homes are way down uh, from where they used to be or a 10-year 10 10 year low. That has a real ripple effect on the economy, Bill, because when you're not, people are not buying homes, they're not selling homes as well. And so it just has a real ripple effect on, on the economy that is sometimes bigger than people realize, Bill. Oh, yes. It's a psychological effect because there's nothing closer to people than their home. And when they can't afford to buy a home, which is the case in, with millions of Americans, they are being priced out of the market in their own country. And it's a, it, it's, it's a very bitter pill to take because they see themselves uh, uh, drifting, really, drifting. And, uh, and, and yet they're, they're probably trapped in a job in a particular geographic area. Very bitter. Also, car sales. I mean, cars are very expensive. And, and they're trying to force us to buy these, these electric lemons that nobody wants. And now they, they want to take our ovens away from us also. Uh, they, so they want to change our kitchens because if they, we don't change our kitchens, the world will come to an end. And AOC says so. So I know it's true. <laughs> right. They, 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 you know, it, 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 some of the some of the arguments for climate change are so stupid. They say if everybody drives an electric car, we'll do away with climate change. Or, you know, it's like yeah. they have all these crazy arguments and and nobody seems to have any common sense. But Ford Motor Company is shutting down or cutting back significantly their production of electric yes. cars. Well, so that. Stop. Yes. That's more jobs right there because all these plants have jobs. When they cut down, that's jobs out the door, Bill. That's exactly right. And, uh, I, you know, it's an amazing thing to me that the so-called news media hasn't figured out that around the world, in probably many countries, there are probably engineers working on new fuels that can use the current engines, which would revolutionize the entire subject. If someone could come up with a, a, a new fuel that would cut carbon emissions in half with cars, it would be accepted and they would consider the problem solved. Uh, but but to, to say you must go out and buy a $65,000 car because we say so, it's, it's not going down very well. No, it's, they're not selling them, so uh, it's not going down well at all. Well, Bill, you mentioned the, the, the war in Israel or the war in the Middle East. Uh, they're supposed to be negotiating for hostages. I guess I'm always, you know, if you can bring people out and reunite families, I'm all for that. But I just don't trust uh, people who engage, you know, these these terrorists. I just don't trust them. I, I hope we're, 
I, I'm hoping that Israel is not just going to stop their whatever they're doing because they're getting some hostages back, Bill. Well, I'm afraid that is what is going to happen, and it's going to happen because of pressure from the United States. I don't, I don't think they would necessarily believe in this because all they're getting back is 50 hostages, uh, not to the 200 and some odd that are there, and they have to stop fighting for five days, which means Hamas will be able to reorganize. But they're under intense international pressure, and that pressure may have included some threats. So we'll have to see. The It isn't done yet. As I understand it from news reports, the Israeli government or the cabinet is meeting right now to discuss whether they want to approve this deal or not. And let's see what happens. I mean, it's, it is incredible when a ragtag bunch of terrorists like Hamas can manipulate everybody else. That's right. That's right. And now that the Israeli forces are getting into those tunnels, this would not be a good time to stop, I think, because they, they're once they start getting into those tunnels, they can do Hamas uh, a great deal of harm. But I, I hope that they're, you know, that I don't care what public opinion has to do with this. This is about the survival of Israel, and they're the ones who have to decide, Bill. That's right. Public opinion is worthless. Uh, because public opinion is not going to protect uh, some kid in Israel who's at a musical festival. That's festival. exactly what we saw on October 7th. Yeah. I mean, all these so-called, you know, all these moral people who write editorials and columns, well, they they were not there to protect those teenagers or whatever who were killed that day. That's right. I mean, so I don't, you know, if I was Israel, I could care less what, what the editorials are saying because they're not saving my kids. Well, there is a funny moment this week uh, before Thanksgiving. I say funny because Argentina has a new president and uh, the guy is, uh, you've never seen a politician like him before. Uh, and I have the advantage of, of understanding what he, how, when he speaks Spanish, but the guy <laughs> is just, uh, his language is different. He calls his opponents parasites he says that politicians are the enemies of the people. Uh, he likes Trump. He likes the U.S. He likes Israel. So, you know, the guy at least says a lot of things that you and I like, Bill. But he's got a very difficult job ahead of him. And I wish him well, because he's got a very difficult job ahead of him, Bill. Well, running Argentina is going to be difficult. Uh, he's a fascinating man, controversial man. And I hope, I hope he comes through it well because he has some very good ideas. And of course, as you just pointed out, he's very pro-American and we should, we should value our friends. Right. And one last thing uh, about this man, I don't think, you know, I was talking to a friend from Argentina and he was saying to me, because I was surprised uh, by his election. I really was. I thought he would lose the close election, but I was surprised. But my friend from Argentina said, look, our inflation is 10 times your inflation. Yeah, which is remarkable. And it, it he ended up uh, this fellow Millet ended up winning by 11 points. So that is a huge victory. And then I was listening to the radio in Argentina and they were talking to some people in the streets and the the reporter said, "Well, how much time are you going to give him? Are you patient with him?" And uh, the people they were interviewing said, no, we'll give him time. We, we understand that it's going to be very difficult to do, but we, we'll give him the time. And I thought that was good, Bill, that people yes. that people are willing to give him the time because he's going to need it. Believe me, he's going to need it because he his opponent, Bill, is Perón, not Perón personally, but.
but that movement. Yes, of course. And and that movement uh, is was a disaster for Argentina, and they need to wipe out that movement, Bill, and start again. Hopefully, I agree. Can do it. I agree. Just as Hamas must be wiped out in the Middle That's East. That's right. That's exactly right. But the the Peron movement has just has been a cancer on Argentina. I don't know if you know this or not, Bill. I'll, I'll close with this little thing that I learned the other day. A hundred years ago, Argentina was on the same economic level as the United States. Mm. Mm. That yeah. they were such a powerhouse, an economic powerhouse, not militarily, but an economic powerhouse. And that, you know, it, many people were predicting it to be a world power. And now, of course, they're they're in very bad shape. And so in, in when this fellow Millet was accepting, when, when he was giving the victory speech, he was talking about this and he was saying, we need to go back to what the founders intended for Argentina, you know, liberty and freedom and private property. It was a great speech. I, I wish that speech could be translated and shown to college students in the United States, Bill. Well, I wish a lot of speeches could were shown to college students. I think what we're learning about our colleges today and what many people were already aware of is that many of them are an absolute mess. That's right. They're, You're exactly they're, right. They're teaching their children, their, our children to hate their country and, and it can doom our country. Yes, I mean, that's exactly right. We're, we're teaching them to hate the country and they end up hating the country. What a shock. Yes, sure. <laughs> What a shock. Well, Bill, happy Thanksgiving to you and Same to your family. To you. Same and to you. Uh, we will get together uh, next week. And uh, hopefully the situation with Hamas and Israel will be better. But I'm not optimistic about Hamas. I, no, I just, not at all. I, I just think that they're a bad group of people. But have a great weekend and uh, best of luck to everybody in New York and in your family. Same to you, uh, Silvio. Happy Thanksgiving. And I look forward to our next show. All right. Thank you so much. Our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. You know, I always mentioned to Bill, and I didn't today, how much I love New York at this time of the year because of all the lights and especially as they get ready for Christmas. I hope that these budget cuts don't impact that because New York is such a great holiday city. I mean, one of the probably premier holiday cities of, of the world. Happy Thanksgiving. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you the next time. Bye-bye, everybody.